hand into the fire. Run. Run! Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-earth strategy battle game podcast. Now the elves made many rings, but secretly Sauron made one ring to rule all the others, and their power was bound up with it, to be subject wholly to it, and to last only as so long as it too shall last. What are, we, what are we talking about rings? That's got nothing to do with anything we talk about, There's nothing, nothing on telly. How's it going, man? You all right? Um, all good. All good. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've already had a, a... We've chewed the fat for a good half an hour now, haven't we? So uh, busy, but good. Nothing to nothing to sort of overly complain about. Um, so we put the worlds to rights, and now we can forget all of that and talk about Middle-earth-related things. So, Dan, do you want to tell everyone what we've got coming up on the show? Okie dokie. So we'll have our usual many meetings segment where we catch up on what's uh, been happening, the news of the day, what we've been up to, etc, etc. Then our main topic is going to be uh, about the rings of power. Uh, who's surprised there? And then we're going to sort of talk, touch on Throne of Skulls and a few other bits and pieces as a sort of part two to Council of Elrond as well. And then we'll come to the close. Fantastic. Right, let's take a short break and we'll be back with all of that. Incom Gaming, the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire. Visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs. We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK. Market-leading gaming mats from gamemat.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk. Incom Gaming. Come game, shop, drink. And we're back for many meetings. Um, has it been? It's been a little bit longer than we when we planned. I think we're delayed by about a week or so, aren't we? But this is yeah. this has not been the many months that we have recently turned in in, in terms of gaps between shows, um, which is good. And we've got lots to talk about today, and I'm I'm excited to talk about the, the Rings of Power stuff later on for sure. So, Dan, you've um, you've been doing lots of stuff so why don't you why don't you start us off um and, and tell us all the exciting things you've been doing since we last recorded certainly do that so um obviously last time we spoke i've been to doubles uh, i may have mentioned then that uh, michael haskell who uh, won my uh, galadrim in the raffle around for calm last year was there and we had a bit of a discussion and uh, i came back with orofin and rumel the, the recent uh, Forge releases, so I painted those up for him. Now, uh, I was supposed to take to the Battle Streams meetup, and I repeat, was supposed to, uh, but when I packed my case, I forgot to put them in it, so I'm going to have to mail those out to him, oh, which uh, I was meaning to do today, but today has just got away from me. Um, as we sit and record this, this is the Tuesday, the 20th, so the day we all went back to work, uh, unfortunately it was the bank holiday, Yes, uh, the, the impromptu extra bank holiday. Yes, so uh, we won't too much, you know, touch too much on that. But uh, yeah, so uh, painted those up. Kind of um, didn't keep my promise. I, I planned to uh, do them to the same standard to which I've done the army. Unfortunately, I couldn't do that to myself, and they are they are better. 
but you know, I'm sure no one will mind too much <laughs> That's about what that. You're going to say I couldn't be asked. I just no, uh, I no, just, no. I just did a flat colour and stuck some Agarax on. <laughs> no, did. unfortunately, the world's <laughs> moved on, and so is my uh, and so is my painting. So um, <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to just ape the scheme and and do what I considered a half-assed job on it. Yeah, so I know the feeling. They, they match, but they are probably of a better quality than uh, what came before. But I'm sure no one will moan too much. Well, hopefully uh, it doesn't complain that they're better. Oh, uh, I can't, I can't, I, imagine. I can't, I can't imagine, imagine he would. Michael complaining. Not, no, no, no. In general, no. he's far too nice for that. Um, so painted those. Uh, I think I'd pretty much finished those at the end of end of July. Or was it end of August? End of August. I'd finished those up. Uh, I also finished up... Um, I painted Bayon, both man and bear, um, primarily for going to the Battle Streams in Middle Earth meetup because I wanted to take uh, the Bjornings to that. Uh-huh. 600 points. Um, so it's uh, both bears and then 10 Bjornings. So I painted him up and matched that up. Um, I did plan on doing a display board in time for the event, but that just didn't happen. Life got away from me, unfortunately. Work's been busy for a little while now, which is, is good. It's good to be busy and all that, but it does impact upon everything else. Yes, I knew the feeling And well. um, the other major thing was I went to the Battle Streams meetup, which was Weekend Just Gone. Yep. yep. Uh, held at uh, Warhammer World. Uh, luckily, um, people are known up ahead office, so it was um, we're able to secure the uh, gaming hall, which is fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a bit gutting. You couldn't make it, really. It was, uh, yeah, I missed the second one. It's just too much going on. I, we, um, I think that last family mini break just kind of overlapped into this month, and it just just becomes impossible with my weekends off with with Emma's work. Really, she, um, as I say, she tends to work. She, you know, Sundays are not too bad, but she work she works three out of four Saturdays, and it just becomes hard. Um, and my boys are too young to take to events like that. Um, if I had a couple of you know twelve year old or something like that. I, it wouldn't be a problem. I'll be doing stuff and bringing them with me. But as it stands, um, I have limited weekend time, and it just fell. That there's no absolutely no way I could be free. So I missed number two, unfortunately. Um, maybe one day, maybe I'll get lucky next year. We'll see what happens. This this it's September's a busy month for things anyway. But we will see. Anyway, we won't dwell on that unless we'll hear more about the stuff you enjoyed rather than the stuff I missed out on. Yeah, well, um, obviously I attended that on Saturday. It was really good. Um, I did, had originally planned on being there all weekend, um, going up on Friday, coming back Sunday and staying over Friday and Saturday night. Unfortunately, um, uh, real life got in the way of that because some absolute plonker decided to reverse their Range Rover into the back of my car. So money became mm. <laughs> an issue. Um, so I just went for the Saturday, but it was a really, really, really good day. Um, obviously... Thanks again to to Damien and Steve, uh, the us while uh, organisers of battle streams in general. But uh, the lion's share of the glory must go to Sophie on that one, who um, helped. Well, basically did organise it. I offered some assistance. I painted the tokens, etc. But uh, the the lion's share of the work was done by her. Um, so it was a really really good day. Played three games, six hundred points. Um, Got to hang out with loads of cool people. Um, the Battle Streams crowd are a really lovely bunch. They are some of the absolute nicest people in the internet hobby space, in my opinion. Um, 
really really good sound group of people so it was, it's always lovely to hang around with that lot um played three games played uh first game against uh matt of uh generation Shoot fame uh-huh. so he was his um uh gothmog's uh league gothmog's legion um with three um siege bows <laughs> which was slightly alarming to run out with my bears but um <laughs> it's like really solid game. coming well, there was no tailoring, and uh, so <laughs> I, I, I don't think I wouldn't imagine that's Matt's style, but no, uh, it was I quite good surprised. to see those models. Um, we played Assassination. Um, obviously, I can't use my leader, so I had to, Grimbjorn had to both be the assassin and the uh, person uh, yeah. to be assassinated, which is a bit of a rough deal on Matt, to be honest. Um, and I picked <laughs> Gothmog's Enforcer because it makes sense to assassinate Gothmog's right hand man if I can't go for the man himself. Yep. Yeah, I think um, that scenario kind of took away the any advantage of having three uh, big bows might <laughs> might have. Well, um, no, sensibly he sets up right up against the back edge um, of the board. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> run at him, um, but sadly his um, his bow fire wasn't quite up to uh, what he hoped. Unfortunately, um, although he managed to cause a wound on Bayon with a an archer, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it, it didn't go so well, and uh, the bears promptly tore most of the orcs to pieces. Um, in the middle, it looked a bit more, you know, uh, rocky. It could have gone either way in the middle, but uh, the bears were victorious. Uh, and then we sort of did lunch and went around the uh, exhibition and uh, did sort of a legend style. So people put out a monster uh, hero and uh, warband for peer voting. Oh, cool. Which was nice. Uh, How many people went? How many people? Sorry, I'm interested. There were 30 plus organisers in the end. Oh, fantastic. So that's a really good. Yeah, we lost a couple of people people last minute, unfortunately. Um, But there was like the the night before. um, Poor poor Lewis is uh, is floor flooded. So he couldn't come. Bless him. So, um, yeah. And then game two was against Cole Daly. Really, really good game against Carl. Um, we ended up getting two games in, actually, during the time. Uh, played his Lurtz's Scouts, first of all, uh, which really didn't go his way because we are playing uh, Contest of Champions. Right, okay. Hence yeah, the second so, game, is it? <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Um, so I did I did pull his pants down a little bit on the first game. Um, I just... Those purple B-Sime dice, for some reason, were all in all the sixes, and there's just nothing he could do with them. 5-5. Five, five, <laughs> They're not supposed uh, to do that, fight. are they? Or are they supposed to do that? I never remember. <laughs> I think they're supposed to do that, but generally don't. Well, oh well, it worked out right for you. It did. It actually rolled in really hot all day, actually. Um, and then we played, again, he used his Breaking of the Fellowship. Because people would take a good and an evil army, I just took the bears because I didn't have time to paint anything else. Um, and he, he uh, returned the favour, actually. He did really well. The, the ring is a real, real pain in the bum for bears. Okay, yeah. Because if you use it, particularly in that legendary legion, Frodo's fearless, so he just charges into the uh, bears and goes, <laughs> well, that's, that's your fight halved, and uh, oh, look, you stood next to me. Uh, right. Yeah. Aragorn. Yeah. So Aragorn goes, I'm going to use my free my free point of might to strike up to absolutely make sure you don't get anywhere near me, and ha-ha. <laughs> so, yeah, luckily he didn't have Anduril, because you can't really afford that for 600 without dropping any of the characters, but uh, yeah, he... he Gave me an absolute shoeing because we played retrieval, 
right. on that one. We rolled for ourselves for that. But really, really good games. Really, really fun. I haven't played Carl before. I played Matt last year, and uh, yeah, it was nice to to rematch. But I've not played Carl before, even though we've been at the same events, and uh, that was that was really good fun. And then we left our armies out uh, for Damien and Steve to come around and judge us as usual. Um, and then game three, I played uh, Nathan Nathan Talbot with his. Um, I played Mordor. It was a Mordor uh, Serpent Horde because he had Golden King and Gothmog. Oh, as expected, um, a great beast. Uh, and we played oh, um, Destroy the Supplies. Okay, yeah. Uh, and yeah, um, the three Bjornings took the um, great beast down in one turn of combat. Uh-huh. I managed to get the charge on him. And uh, yeah, three of them just double-handed axes, piercing strike, just cut it to pieces. Nice. Which was pretty brutal. They're, they're, they're absolute slayers. The, the Bjornings are very good. Um, and that was quite a convincing. Although it was only a 4-0 victory because neither of us managed to destroy the other supplies. I pretty much mauled his entire army. So <laughs> I'm actually starting to learn how to use them properly, which is nice. Um, not just fumbling through games now. There is a, a slight bit of tactics. I suppose every time you've, you've played them now. I mean, so you had, what do you play five games with them at the doubles and then... Six. Six. Six of doubles. And then and another then four that weekend. Four. So, you're, yeah. So, ten games now. Ten games deep. Yeah, you start to, uh, especially when it's a, a low model count profile as well. Not many different profiles in that, in that no. army. Um, I imagine that that's, you, you start to learn what they do fairly quickly. Well, plus they're not exactly a subtle army, are they? So, well, no, um, no, no. Hey, look, I was, I was, I was being kind. You could have, you could no, have no, no. You I could think, have I think we that. need to call, call it what it is. It's, um, you know, so gaming with the with the with the stabilizers on. And I, you know, I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's the kind, um, of, it's the kind of army I'd need to be honest with you. But it was really, really good fun. Um, you know, very, very kindly. Uh, I was, I voted best good army, which was oh, very awesome. nice. It's always humbling to get that. Um uh then uh Josh Josh Crosby with his um Cult of the Crow got uh, Best Painted Evil um or Best Army Evil rather. Um I can't remember who took what for the sort of the legends style stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, dropped out of my head for some reason. But uh there was some lovely, lovely stuff. And it was really good to see um people's progression in the painting from year to year. From- uh-huh. Last year to this, Carl's really come on a long way, which is really nice to see. I've noticed that from it's, following his um his Instagram and his, and his, his Facebook page and were, stuff. Yeah, were nice, legitimately. You know, standalone, not just being nice, not just an improvement. They are nice, which is which is great to see because he was very much always when I you know first got to know him, he just yeah get it painted, get it on the board. But he's taking more time and more pride in what he's doing, and you can see it in the results, which is really nice. The overall quality of armies there was was awesome actually it was really lovely to see really really good um painters and really good sort of standard of general hobby as well it was um you know people with interesting themes really interesting ideas some really nice conversions it was it was great to see and uh damien um chopping everyone up with basically the starter set because he took last alliance and he just pretty much ran the starter set stuff with you know the original lord of the rings one with um gilgalad and alendil oh brilliant um, I wonder what inspired that. <laughs> well, uh, I think his, I think a lot of it was because he painted it for the for the streams, which was oh yeah, nice. yeah, true, true. I forgot about that. Well, it's just so, even better timing for it, I suppose. But 
Yeah, and then uh, he, I know his first game. He was next to on the table next with um, he played Mr. Entwistle, and uh, I think the first time round, Damien gave him an absolute shoe in because um, he managed to get both Gilgalad and Elendil into Sauron because uh, yeah, Dan, um, Dan played Sauron on a load of walks. And then um, they played a second game, and then uh, Dan returned the favour <laughs> and basically magicked them to death from work and work out. Oh, awesome. So there was some really fun gaming going on, really nice stuff to see. It was just a really, really chilled out day. And then um, presentation, you know, uh, tier medals. And then we uh, went off to the, the beef eater. Sadly, I had to um, stay sober, and I, I drove home after the beef eater. But really, really lovely day. Really fun. Oh, sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Yeah. They're, they're a really good bunch. It's it's one of the things that's, you know, I'm not saying it's the, the only reason to be a member of the community, but it's a really nice bonus um, being part of the BSUN community, the opportunity to uh, get a place at the meetup. Because unfortunately we can't have everyone. I think there's about 120 or something, at least in the the chat, I think, in terms of patrons. Yeah, yeah. So obviously they, they, there's a chunk possible. overseas, I suppose, which takes some of that out. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. definitely... And then it's done by draw people express interest and then it's done as a, as a random draw which is you know it's only fair that's the only way to do it isn't it really and you, you yeah and it. then as as the usual attrition of life goes on you, you have a reserve list etc but uh, yep. yeah yep yep there's well, always, always well, me to drop so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, uh, it happens to the best of us unfortunately doesn't it mm-hmm. it certainly does but I'm glad you had a really good time and uh, one 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 year um, if it's still running by the time I managed to get a free uh, September pass or whatever it happens to be, then I, I'd love to go. It kind of sums up my ideal kind of gaming weekend, I think. Oh, it's absolutely that for me. Um, very chilled out. Um, in fact, all three of the top awards, i.e. first, second and third, i.e. most points, and then the two following are actually wooden spoons. You get wooden spoons for, for winning because no one, you know, it's not about points, etc., yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with and you. funnily enough, uh, the organisers uh, got fourth and fifth. Dirty, dirty whackers. Oh, I'm not going to wow. say he was sixth, because, you know, <laughs> 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 it was me. <laughs> oh, no, it just seems like, the, seems like the perfect event. I've got only other one thing I've planned in this year now, and that's that crack con that we did, we did when we yes. went and demoed. And again, that's related to, to a, an, an internet um youtube podcast as well and just a real mix of people but it's a you know it's not it's an event not a tournament and uh if i only did those two things in a year they would be it would be perfect because that's the kind of things i want to go and do so um, yeah i'm no surprise that you've had a good time crack on again this year but um it, it, there's only so much i can do yeah oh absolutely especially with um car troubles well, yeah, there's that. I mean, I nearly didn't get to go to the B-side meetup. Luckily, uh, things went my way. So, mm. yeah. can, you know, life life can be like that. So, uh, no, I'll try and make the next crack on because I did really enjoy it. And they're a really nice bunch of people. And it was always well, you might to... get You might have to play something that's, uh, well, you might play Middle Earth by the time. I'm not to play Middle Earth there this time. Um, we did our, oh, did yeah, our stuff. It's cool so just to go along and hang out, to be honest, because they're, they're just a nice bunch. Yep, yep. It's all booked in for a curry this year as well. So Yeah, um, I saw that. So that would be, that's going to be good fun. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. No, I'm glad you had a really, um, a really good time. That's, um, 
it's what I expected it to be. If you, I'd have been surprised if you'd come home and you hadn't had a good time, and uh, well, shocked actually, yeah. not just surprised, shocked because the, the, those people are really, really, really nice, and there's no way it wasn't going to be a super cool event. So I'm glad that it lived yeah. up to um, what it, what it's, what it's, um, yeah, what you expected to be. I think it's actually it, they've improved. We've improved on last year as well, which was you know nice. It's always nice when things are even better. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't know what the you know. I can't imagine what they would. I I wasn't there last year either, obviously, but I don't know what they would do to improve on it because it's just putting on a, a, cool just a, bit, a, a tiny bit slicker. The, um, lessons learned from organisation of last year. The, the goodie bags are really cool, actually. Um, there's lots in those, including some really cool little stickers and stuff. I've um, oh, snagged cool. you a a token as I did last year. How oh, cool! You still got? That's the point. I forgot about last year's token. Well, they're they're point, still here. Well, at some point we'll we'll see each other again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh... yes, yeah. Well, I was, I was hoping it would have been thrown. Obviously, we'll talk about that a bit more. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk about that now um, if you want. I don't know. You you finished talking about your. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, yeah. Let's let's do that. So um, I know you haven't put it on the show notes. I don't know if it's because you felt guilty talking about it. Please don't. Because <laughs> you, but listen, you got your ticket. I I didn't get one. So yeah, uh, I got a ticket for thrown. But, um, um, please do you talk about. Which yeah, I'm a little is... bit gutted, but um, it is what it is. Um, I was somewhere. Well, it might not have made any difference anyway. But I was was somewhere where my internet wasn't quite as good so I was relying on 4G and I couldn't I couldn't sit with multiple browsers open or do any of those things that often help in those situations so I was just relying on my phone and uh, went on and by the time I'd clicked it they'd all gone they went really quick didn't they so it is what it is it's a bit like getting festival, I swear it's it's like getting festival tickets uh, well it's the same when you get lots of it, it's, it's the same with lots of those things isn't it um, as soon as they're popular um, you need a bit of luck or you need to be, I don't know, in the know how to do those things. I think I don't think GW events get to the stage where like your big ticketing events for like Glastonbury and stuff do. But um, I've always struggled where it's something like that for GW, whether it's been, I never managed to get any of the weekender tickets. They always, no matter how quick I thought I'd be, they were always gone by the time I tried to get them. Um, and it was just one of those things. So. I've tried to buy tickets there twice. I got it the first time around when I went. And um, I didn't try last year because it was the smaller event. And I thought I'd just wait. Um, and I didn't get them this time. So it is what it is. I it, it's un, I know I've put myself down for the reserve thing, but... Um, well, I don't, you never know. You might get lucky. The problem um, is the, the motivation for me to do my army drifts again a little bit then. Um, and I will do it, but thought if i'd had the ticket i'd probably i'd have probably been sitting here while we're doing this working on my uh my end plan which is still still a plan <laughs> still sitting part prepped and part done but again the the desire to do that has gone now without that i will do it but i don't feel like doing it right now if that makes sense it uh feels a little bit uh a little bit sore to do that uh that display board and, and that army when i know that i was planning it for for throne so that will Sit, that can sit by for a little while um but yeah that's me if one if, if the problem is you're probably not gonna i'm not gonna find out till too late i imagine if i get a uh a ticket and i god knows how many far down i am on the reserves and how many other people are on there that's the danger because the the weekend will go um in terms of my own freedom to do it and my wife won't 
you know, keep that weekend free just on the off chance. Um, so I wouldn't, like, I, I don't know what the odds are, but I imagine they're not high. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is. But anyway, that's me talked about it. I'm not going. Let's um, talk about you going, the positive side of it, and what you'll take in if you're going to let us know. And Well, it's um, there's a couple of options, to be fair. Um, I've got a couple of things on the block. Obviously, I can still take the Nazgul Dog or Dur that I painted for, what, two years ago. But part of that sticks in my craw a little bit because they're, I mean, they're nice. And they are still nice, but they're not as good as I could do them now. Yeah. And it's a little bit irritating. Um, so you're going to do them so again? Know. If you want to I take don't those, know. that's an Possibly. option, isn't it? You could sell yours and do them again. Yeah, they were a present, so I'm not sure. That's the thing. What is this? You're rebuying the same models, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's that. There's um, Paint My Azog's Legion. Yeah. But that involves bringing the timeline up three and a half months. You're right. I'm okay. not sure there's going to be enough time to do it. Uh, paint my rest of my uh, Thorin's company, mm-hmm. which is doable. Yeah. Or um, take White Council. Okay, yeah. So Vanquishers, but not Vanquishers, because... No one wants to be that guy. Well, some people want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. Um, <laughs> and add in some more of the fun stuff. So some of the other characters and Thrain the Broken. Okay. That'd be so, cool. So White Council was edging into the lead coming up to the B-Sign weekend, but uh, they didn't have any Glorfindals. So I don't know now. Uh, they didn't have any Glorfindals at uh, Wild. I'm, I put myself down as notify me, but they appear to be flying off the shelves. So we shall see. If you need him... Did you buy one? Yes. Ah. So if you need him, um, well, I, I think will... it's either you or Dave Fredericks because they think Dave Fredericks got more. That's why I've seen a photo from uh, Shadow and Flame. There's, there's there's about six of them on the desk. I can. I, oh, well, I'll talk about more when we get on to me in a minute. But um, I do have one, and um, I won't be. He won't be the first I paint out of those. So if you need him, I can send you him, and then you can just um, buy me one in return and post it when they're back in stock if you want it, if that makes any difference Ooh. to you. Have a think about Ooh. it, let me know. Oh, I absolutely will. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, like that could that could clinch it for me. Cool. See. Well, I'll, I'll remind me tomorrow, and I'll get it, um, get it on its way to you, and then you can... I imagine they'll be back soon anyway, but yeah. You can oh, just, yeah. Just, as soon as uh, it comes out, I'll buy it. So I'll just, um, I'll, if it comes to that, I'll uh, just change the address. Get sent straight to you. Cool, cool. Sorted. Yeah, I'm not, I, I won't, even if I, you know, suddenly went, I wouldn't be taking them anyway. So, uh, yeah, I have, I have him. Still in oh, there. sweet. I just need to plan my display board. Thinking of going round. Mm, yeah, that's what I was <laughs> doing for my, uh, my Ents. Still got the yes. the nice tray for it around rounds cool, especially when it's a low model count, I think. Hmm. Um Yeah, because only be seven models for me. Why don't you get one of those um <laughs> get one of those you know, you get those those globe drinks cabinets. They must have a proper name. Uh I know what you're on about, yeah, yeah. Why don't you get one of those but then get it get Middle Earth 
get it the, repaint the whole globe into middle earth but then it opens up and then inside is your display board and they come with wheels as well so you can just wheel it around uh, can you imagine trying to get that up the stairs <laughs> it's fine you can lift it it'd be fine like I don't think it's disabled. I don't think I'll get away with it. I mean, be that's amazing. not going to look good when you have disabled expensive. access just to get my table up. I think it would look worse if you had, because you, if you actually had a collection of gins at the bottom layer, that might might might, might raise more hey, than an eyebrow. Sportsmanship. <laughs> but I think it would look, uh, be great. I don't, I don't even know how much one of those, those things are They sell them on Amazon. I can't imagine they're cheap, but, uh, you, you know, it's, you, you yeah. imagine it's going to be hundreds let's let's have a let's have a look we're gonna be in uh, <laughs> terrible oh i don't know yeah that's not too bad i mean we're looking at about 120 quid from uh it's cool isn't it wayfair.co.uk other places are available so you could um, um it, it, getting the middle earth map on it isn't going to be easy um i wonder if you especially to get it to match that size um you need to someone you almost print it like a globe flat, if you know what I mean, and then cut it out so it folds in on itself. Or you take it apart and spray it and hand do it. But I imagine getting hold of a map and almost kind of pasting it on might be better. But it would be very cool to have Middle Earth as a as a map on it, and then it opens up, and then you've got your scenic display inside, and then in your bit at the bottom where you would would have your bottles of spirits, you could just like have your rule, have your your book and. Your army list and yeah, your your dice and things. Perhaps I don't. You, I don't know if I'm going to do the whole costume thing either. Well, you wouldn't need to if you. No, not if you, that, if you no. were pushing around one of those. What are they? What do they call it? Does it have it's a, just a drinks globe? Isn't it? Like drink, a retro drink globe. Drink, drinks, drinks globe. globe. You draw. You draw some attention if you had a. Had a drink. I'd, I'd imagine you it's would. a step up from the. Not many people will get this. Maybe no one now, but um, it was a step up from from Stalard's heresy trolley, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, although um, uh, Mr. Crow's kind of um, you know, he's 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 doing the trolley thing as well. He's he's kind of out. Actually, that's a horrible, horrible comparison. I'm so <laughs> sorry, Steve. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, you nothing, nothing like. To, actually, they both drink a lot, and they're both quite blind when they're drinking. Ah, okay. <laughs> Steve swears a lot less than Tom, though. I think everyone everyone swears, swears a lot Tom. less than Tom. Yeah, I think Colin Farrell swears a lot less than Tom. Um, yeah, I think even Frankie Boyle swears less than Tom. <laughs> Bless him. Yeah. Bless him. We couldn't get him on the old Middle Earth. You'd have been perfect time for him as well because he did do some elves, didn't he? He he did, he did. Yeah, yeah. No, it's too much thinking involved for him. That's the problem. I he can't so. headbutt it to death. I think so. There's no tanks or robots. Or robots. Yeah, it's his thing, isn't it? Robots. <laughs> I don't know. Got now school. They're kind of automatons in their own way. <laughs> Mal- malign dark intelligence. <laughs> well, that doesn't suit Tom, does it? No, no, intelligence, no, not at all. <laughs> you do trolls. It might be dark, but um, that's about it. Anyway, we, I, I'm not sure any of that crowd still listen to us, so we, we are literally just amusing ourselves um, and confusing everyone else. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah, we didn't make any other the other references which are entirely appropriate for Tom. <laughs> well, so there's a, there's a there lot we that. can't talk about, unfortunately. Absolutely a lot we can't talk about. We might, uh, we might um, raise some eyebrows and shock some people, but um, yeah. Reminiscing over heresy, uh, the darker side of the hobby. <laughs> All righty then. So, what have you been up to, Steve? Come on, you've done something. I bought some stuff. You you heard me rattle 
one of the bits. You know what I said? I think it was the last podcast, wasn't it? I said, I don't really need to buy the elves. I really like those elves, but there's no point buying them. I'm not going to buy stuff just to sit in boxes on my shelf because it's just a waste, isn't it? So I, um, I didn't buy anything. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. Spent all your throne money on, uh, on toys. Um, yeah, <laughs> cheering myself up. Um, so I bought yeah two boxes of the uh, Gladwin Court. Um, Glorfindel, funnily enough, um, uh, Rumel and Orofin, and then my uh, my Elrond arrived as well this uh, this weekend, which is the Elrond's the, such a beautiful sculpt. yeah that's the one I'm most excited excited about. Um, and it's really just backing up what I was what I was saying um, when we talked about it on the last show is that I, I, because I've got those twenty four um, Gal- Galadrim that I'd already painted um, command. I think yeah, I didn't did I do all the command? Not sure I did a musician, but the did the command and I did um did I do anything else in the end? I'm trying to remember. I've got to turn around and see my uh, cabinet. Um no, I can't see them, they're too high up. Um but because I had that core painted, which is a bit I wouldn't enjoy painting again anyway. Um because it's, it's on pretty much all characters unless I do the cav. I've got that box of cav, which I got from um well, from from Damien and Steve, one of the one of the prizes. God, that was a long time ago now, wasn't it? it was oh, like two a couple years of, ago two now. Two years, that's still sitting in a box. So I've got those cav, and I've got you know I've got Kellerborn sitting there somewhere, and I've got Gladrill sitting there somewhere in a in a, one of my boxes as well. So I knew that if I added those all those new models, there's an army in the making there with with choices because they're so expensive. It's not it's a low model count army, and I've just got the fun bits left to paint. So I thought, sod it, I'll um. I'll um, do it. And to be fair, it's probably a good thing having not got tickets because I was really, really quite enthused with actually painting my um, Ents. And now because I'm not sulking, but because it, cause it's slightly painful to uh, do that project now, um, I uh, needed something else to do. So I'm going to slowly start working on all those... Um, characters and things so at least i've got a, a, a new army to uh to play around with nice well, it's kind of a pick up and paint thing isn't it really it is it's and it, i haven't got i've got lots of other stuff on stuff that i can't um stuff well i can avoid it it's, it's an absolute lie to say i can't choose what i do with my own hobby but because of the channel it does kind of the channel becomes a hobby in itself and it does kind of lead you to do certain things. Um, so I've got commitments to my own personal goals within the channel, which means I won't always be painting as much Middle Earth, etc. Um, but um, actually having some new Middle Earth models to paint, which I'm excited to do. Um, um, and I've already got done the boring bit, the, the core, apart from, the, as I say, the cav, but I don't know if I'm going to use them anyway. Um, I've... Um, I've got the call to play the game, so I really can't just treat myself to paint some of the the, the core models um, and do what you did a little bit with 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 when you sort of your months of just picking up hero models and painting heroes. So that's what yeah, I plan to do. Great. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I plan to do. I may even record some painting tutorials. It's a bit it's a bit harder with to know how to do it with the character models. So I've got a sort of method that I paint when I use when I do paint tutorials for for epic stuff and they've got shorter i was looking back at my paint tutorials and the first one i ever did was like 45 minutes long um, and i felt like well I, they needed to put all that in there 
then you realise that people don't won't watch 45 minutes worth of painting tutorials, so you have to kind of edit it down. And then my most watched one is my British Napoleonic unit, and that, that's about 25, 30 minutes or so. And then the last ones I've done, like less than 10 minutes, because just really heavy, heavy, heavily edited and things like that. So it's a bit hard when it comes to tables, a non-tabletop miniature, when you actually want to sort of show what you're doing. Because I work quite, I don't know about you, I work quite organically. I don't, you know, I just sit there and go, oh, I think I need a bit more of this paint. I think I need a bit more of this paint. So it's quite hard to turn it into a, a teaching oh, yeah, video. Um, um, that's why I like to paint characters anyway. Because it doesn't, doesn't worry me if I paint, start painting something. I think, oh, that's, uh, that, that's not quite the colour I wanted it to be. So I'll just carry on. But you don't want to do that in the middle of a painting tutorial. But then I don't want to paint everything twice. So... I don't know. I haven't figured out yet how I'm going to do it. And I had a message today on one of my videos. Someone said, "Are you thought about putting a camera on your wet palette so we can see the mixes?" And I thought, "Yeah, I could do. Be a really good thing to do." But also, it's another camera shot to edit, and <laughs> it takes ages to edit as it is. Um, yeah. And, so um, and, I, and again, I can I can see that makes sense when you've seen. But I've seen painters do it when they like do a painting stream, etc. And it's it is really good. But when I'm painting, like. 15 millimeter tabletop troops and i'm telling people how to do it from from a base of contrast and all i'm doing is whacking contrast mostly straight out of the um, pot and then when i highlight it's what i would call normal highlighting where you're treating the paint the way you would do on a palette so if you're being good and not just using it straight out of the pot and you, you just you know thin it to the point where it's the right consistency to use um, and in almost the Duncan way, isn't it? When he just says, well, add a little bit of water, make sure that it's, it flows nicely yeah. on the brush. And that, and I'm not showing that because, well, it feels like it's a little bit... Teaching not, not, okay, Yeah, it's not, it's not needed for a, a sort of a, in, intermediate level painting tutorial, if that makes sense. But yeah, if I, well, you know, if um, I was going to do a painting tutorial for Elrond, which would be really cool, I need to really think about it. Um, you need to do more airbrushing tutorials on your channel mate <laughs> did you read the got an airbrush in your symbol nathan nathan went and read it and commented and you woke him up again but he, he, he had a couple more moany comments so i just ignored him no, no, nathan, has a habit <laughs> nathan, nathan woke him up again but um yeah, yeah. causing trouble who'd have thought it it's worth um, yeah it's worth reading the comments i'll make you laugh but uh yeah but if, you, if anyone does read those comments don't you don't don't pile in on the guy that's not why i mentioned on the podcast i don't amuse people i don't want people standing up for me on there and re- adding to the comments because that does feel a bit like I've called on people to pine in. It's not really. No, right I, I didn't comment. I just found it quite amusing. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, a few people have said, you know, I oh, should do. I, one, I don't, I don't strongly believe uh, what I do isn't that particularly interesting. Two, the way I paint, people would find very frustrating, I think. I don't... Um, I don't work on prescribed. I move around the model. I... That's yeah. fine. Those people want to know what you do, though. And that's the whole point, really. Because oh, there are yeah, a million different I'll... painters out there that paint in different ways. Make people it up would be half the people, thing, though. That's well, the well, that's, well, that, I used to think like that. And I'm, I'm pretty critical of myself as well, as you, and not as much as you are, but as you know. And I've got past that point now of I, I know that when I did a seven minute painting tutorial and I had to paint a 15 millimeter flames of war um u.s airborne that's really basic i know that people like it and people will 
take stuff from it because people paint at different levels and the kind of people watching those painting videos are looking for stuff like that in most cases um, and the same thing will be that the people watching your videos will be looking for tips or how to achieve the same kind of thing you achieve and a lot of the time they're not looking to copy the whole thing from start to finish you get the old one that you'll oh, yeah, send you a message like and say at two minutes blah 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 um can you tell me what um what size brush you were using and i like, oh, recorded that video a year ago mate i've got a clue what <laughs> you tell me um but but you'll also get people that just want to get a bit of an idea and they might take away one or two things you've said um and that really and they add that to the way they paint because we all paint differently and that's where you you make a difference to people uh, in that oh, way yeah, I mean, and that's that's I mean, why i think that you'd you'd, you'd get a, people get a lot more from it than, than than you think um so yeah don't knock yourself there i think that's uh sorry i'm making lots of creaky noises as i move stuff around on my desk um i i think i think you do a great job of it you talk well people listen it'd be nice and great people sell it as smr or something it's nice relaxing tapes <laughs> <laughs> not that not sleep help ones i hasten to add i wasn't i wasn't insulting you uh, i think you <laughs> i think you'd be good like i said i've said to you all along i think people would love you to do a, a channel where you talk about your approach to middle earth and painting or just any painting really um you don't have to put out many videos i think you'd be really popular um, i think you've got lots of subscribers but you've got to be comfortable doing it um maybe you can do do it without appearing on the camera too much if you don't want to you don't have to i don't i'd have to it it freaks me out watching (laughs) i can't i can't watch you you did the review for um um, sbg magazine um which we'll come on to in a moment um and you yeah and you 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 were on camera to start with you didn't have to do that but you did it and you did fine you could have just gone straight into the. There's a lot of people do the, the kind of YouTube style of talking, you know, the talking hands style of YouTube, and you can do that. A lot of my videos are like that. Um, not all. I try to do a bit of a mix, but you've got there's loads of options. But I, I, I'd watch, um, what you do. It'd be, I'd find it really, really interesting. And lots of people would like to paint like you do, or just learn little bits. Um, and you're very good at colour choices and things like that as well. And people would, um, that's one of the, the key things with painting. Some people have got a, a bit of an idea around technique and stuff, but sometimes really struggle to choose the right colours and why certain colours were chosen. you just got to talk about what you do and why you do it. Um, the, the hardest yeah, part will be learning what to say and how much to edit out, so to speak. Um, and yeah, I'm still learning that. it ended up being 15 hours long. Well, that's where you, that's where you, that's where you cut it down. That's where you do some speeding up, speed up the footage. Um, and you could also, you know, I've started, well, I've started doing on all my painting tutorials. I don't know why people want it. I'm not interested in hearing this, but what I've started doing on my painting tutorials now is not recording the audio while I do it. I used to just sort of record a bit and then I'll be painting away thinking I'm going to speed this up, but then I'll think of something to say. So I'd say it. And then when you go to edit it, you've got all these little bits, you've got to speed up and then slow down. Now I just film each stage or some of each stage if it's going to be like 10 minutes worth of painting i'll film the first two three minutes and then stop it and then keep painting off camera and then do it because you you do a bit of talking at the beginning of each section and then i just speed speed up the footage and fade up a little bit of music or something like that and he just keeps it keeps it a bit more concise and i record all the audio separate all the spoken stuff separately now once i've edited pretty much edit the videos down so it makes it a little bit shorter um you find your own ways of doing it though there's so many different ways of doing painting stories you can do it as a live stream couldn't you and then you don't have to edit it it's just just there on the on the thing you can get people to 
I hate when you live stream, but um, I think you'd be great. I'd like to watch it, but uh, it's up to you. Talk to you. We yeah. shall see. Don't, you know, I, I'm not. I, I'm not nagging you to do it. I'm encouraging you because I think it'll be really good. And I think once you got to do it, you'd enjoy it. Um, I think I'd have to find something to do it with, though, because half the time, if I'm painting something, uh, it's for something. If you know what I mean, um, like an event or yeah. So but you could slowing do, it down in order to do all that kind of stuff might, you know, yeah, cause problems. Uh, so. You plan quite well. I don't think. Um, remember, you, you don't have to. Slow it down too much. If you get your once you've got your camera set up in a position where you can paint, um, you don't have to, like I said, you don't have to show. You can just start, say, if you're paint, say, you're painting the trousers on Bjorn, um, and you talk through what colors you're going to use and what you're going to try and achieve with that particular stage. As you, for me, it's usually by color, and then you, uh, you, you start painting an area of it, and then you might speed up the rest. And then just all just fade and cut back to it, all completely done because they don't need to see. They just need to see an example of what the technique. They don't need to see it repeated over and over again over the whole miniature, and that's where your time changes. And you'll find you won't actually add that much time. And at the end of it, you got footage, and then you edit it. And then by doing some hobby, you've got a video and something done. It's like well, the, the only reason I did that Rohan Captain was because when it was a commission, I wouldn't. I you know I'm not knocking the client's choice of color, but I wouldn't have had a red and yellow color scheme on on Rohan. So, but that's what no, they wanted. I, I, I did watch that one. Actually. That's what they, that's what they wanted, and I just thought I want an example of how you can paint over Zenithal with contrast and then highlight afterwards, and how quick it can be. And you've got that hop off point halfway through, which is if you want, you can just stop at the contrast. And if you apply contrast over white paint, it's fine. But if you apply it over a Zenithal highlight, actually, you you get a slightly better finish. And if that's all your painting level. You can do it, and there's lots of ways of doing Zenithal. So it's just a way of showing people that you can get decent tabletop results for, for you know, quite quick. So it's never going to be the most popular video I do because I've got so many of my subscribers like historical bits and bobs. But, but you know, it just shows. So it didn't slow me down that much. I finished the rest of the commission. It was one model. It probably added another hour to the time it would have taken me, but it was worth it because I got some footage that I could then turn into a video at the same time. So it was a way of combining work and and, uh, and the channel at the same time. But anyway, we have, we have massive, massive um, tangents into um, the potential for, YouTube channels for, uh, for you. But I, I'd say do it, and I'm sure the more we talk about it, the more people will, will tell you to do it as well. You'll be huge. You'll be a star. You'll... Uh, You'll be you'll be earning millions as the as a as the uh, you'd have to paint space marines to, to earn money. To be fair, <laughs> well, if I continue sitting around eating pizza, I will be bloody huge. I need a bloody fish eye just to get me on the camera. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Anyway, let's um, probably a nice segue. Well, yeah, I've bought some elves anyway, um, and we'll move on to talk about SPG magazine. Yes, indeed. So uh, we've both been very fortunate. Uh, we, we were sent copies, which and, and I'd like to put this out there. There was uh, not with the intention that uh, we gave positive reviews. We were just sent stuff and, you know, uh, told to get on with it, which is nice. Uh, you know, just enjoy, uh, which as far as I can work out, we both did. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so by, by no means were we uh, cajoled or otherwise, uh, you know, uh, lent on to give a positive review is something that we both enjoy and it's because we've both looked at it and previously spoken highly of it and enjoyed it that uh, they've sent them to us as a, as a as a way of just saying you know thank you so we we like to try and uh, spread that around a bit 
Yeah, off. absolutely. I wasn't expecting it. And I, well, to the point where I, I was confused or didn't read the message properly. That's when he messaged us both. Um, I just assumed, yeah, he was sending you a copy for us to review for the for the for the podcast and you to do a video for the the, the channel. I didn't realise he wanted to send me one as well. So, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. So we we both did videos. I did one aimed more generally at the um, the the part time Middle Earthers um, and the the historical people for my for my own YouTube channel. And then you did one sort of more aimed at the people listening to us now. Um, but it was quite cool to do a kind of, uh, it was just to give them, it's really cool to be able to give them another little bit of a shout out because it's something that I love and um, really want people to realise that it's out there. And I had a couple of comments on Instagram post, if anyone sent, there's an SBG magazine, where do I get it? And so I, you know, check the, check the links in the Instagram, the worst place ever, you can't put links, but um, check the links in the video description and so on and so on. So it'll always be, you know, even if just one person, um, went and bought a magazine from seeing the video that's that's cool that's really cool yeah because they, they do it from a place of love exactly it and it's trying to get that across really to people it. um it's like i delib- deliberately didn't talk about the price of it and that's not because i think the price is 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 wrong um it's just because i don't want to get into that conversation because people yeah inherent well, value but exactly people, i can imagine people going all oh, that's expensive for a magazine or something but it's not you know you can't there's no barcode on it you can't buy this somewhere else these are small print runs this costs them loads they do it for love and of the community so i didn't talk about that at all i literally just talked about what the magazine's about and 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 and, and the kind of the ethos behind it and linked in the video i did last year which was more of a generalized kind of you know what is spg magazine kind of video as well so happy to 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 sort of get that out there i just wish more people would you know have seen those videos it's not not unfortunately not up there with my most viewed ones but um they are you know everything i say in them about how much i love them is um is is true i absolutely love my i, I treasure my uh my collection it's the kind of thing that will be there with my collection of um old white dwarfs when i uh when i'm aged and i'm uh, maybe not even playing games anymore um i won't these won't ever get moved on in a you know in a kind of a clear out or a bundle or something like that unless i'm uh, um in a home and incoherent somewhere and i'm not in control of it they will always be in my collection actually love flicking back through the old ones um so what do you do we want what do we do you want to do a mini review here for those that uh, haven't got this issue? What should we do? Want to run through what's in it? We don't want to spoil anything, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's always the tricky thing with this. Uh, we generally want people know, to go and buy it and read the magazine themselves. Yeah, exactly. And you can look at um, both of our reviews anyway. So the links to the Out of the Frying Pan channel is in the the, the, the episode notes for, for this, as always is, and links to my channel is as well. If you want to watch another review that says a very similar thing, probably. Um, but they're, you know, they're, the, the, the information's there uh, but yeah I suppose you give a rundown of what's covered in the, you know the general topics of the magazine couldn't we and then when we because it's not a because it's an audio format it's a bit harder to review the magazine but uh um Dan yeah. do you want to do you want to run us through the the content so to speak and and um yeah the main um, titles I mean, you've got your usual uh you know stalwart uh periodical uh pieces in there your, your contents your word from your editing team uh, all contributors, or most of the contributors, should I say, have a little sort of a snippet of what's been going on, what they've been up to in their hobby, which is always really nice. Um, they sort of have a bit of a news page where they're talking about what they've been up to. Um, Tom climbed a mountain, for instance. To read more about that, won't go too much further into that. He did his own uh, Sam impression on that one, which is cool. 
Um, and then there's some uh, really good sort of articles in there. One obviously is um, looking back on going to fellowship that's been written by Damien. There's a really good uh, article in there from Rob Cron uh, talking about how Boromir is his favourite character. Uh, there's some um, good painting tutorials in there, including a Boromir one. Yep. Which is cool. Um, we've got uh, the Argonath, uh Dave Frederick's um, diorama, where he talks about how he made it. And then you've got the second half of their Fellowship of the Ring campaign, with which um, Damien and Tom played that via Zoom. Uh, so it, gave, it sort of goes through the games, took some really cool photos, all that kind of stuff. Uh, don't, I don't there's some more in there, but I, I, I don't have it in front of me, which is yeah, uh, well, you, excellent you, planning. Well, considering you don't have it in front of you, the you pretty much read the contents in order. Um, the only thing you missed out, I think, was um, the Tactica for the Fellowship for, for Harry That's Parker. That's the one, Harry. So, yes, yeah. Harry put that in there. And there's um, there's quite a cool little snippet in the um, Damien article where there's a few people around the community talking about their experience of uh, watching Fellowship for the first time. Yeah. What is now... Uh, you know, over just over twenty years ago. So it's a, uh, it's a topic in there, I believe. It's a topic that I love, and I understand. Yes. And it doesn't take me, and I'm not going to do it now. But it, it doesn't take a lot for me to start talking about my first experiences. Just one of those things that that, that sticks with me. Um, and I don't yeah. think there's many films that I can kind of remember where I was or that feeling when I first watched something. Um, maybe Return of the Jedi when I was a kid um, and, and and fellowship, I can't think of probably it, you know, I can't cinema wise. I can't think of anything else that's had that kind of impact on me. That's really stuck with me. So uh, yeah. Uh, Alien director's cut. When they put that back into the cinemas, I was about, uh, I, I think it was yeah. 19, yeah, 18, I didn't, I didn't 19. See that, the cinema. that was amazing. But, it's one of my favorite films of all time. So seeing that in the cinema and the director's cut was awesome. It is good. It is good. Um, and then they read it. They they showed Blade Runner again. They showed the um the, the definitive edition. Yeah. In the cinema, that that was that was up there as well. I've but only ever seen either of those on DVD. So as much as I love them, um, it, you don't get that same kind of impact that you do from seeing something for the first time in the cinema. In screen. And yeah. when it's something that ends up meaning so much to you, if if that makes sense. Um, and Lord of the Rings definitely that for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But we're in yeah. danger of having that discussion. I just promised I wouldn't have, and we have discussed it before on the on the podcast, probably in one of the, the episode zero or, or one or something like that. But um, yeah. But I, I love those articles. I'm always a huge fan of the kind of Damien's and, and Tom's. Those are kind of editorial articles are quite often my favourite ones in the in the magazine. Um, and um, yeah, is the same with this one as well. Definitely. Cool. Yeah, and it's again we can sort of you can feel the love in it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. They don't do this for any other reason. That it's something. I mean, I, I can't imagine that. Um, you know, they get in no way the recompense for the hours they put into this. In, in, there cannot be any way on God's green earth that they actually get anywhere near anything of a return on the actual time they spend in it, other than for the love to share what they love with other people. And I think that's an admirable thing. It's, they're both mental. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, I know we do this and we we spend some time, but to be honest, this is just two people who would otherwise probably have a chat about it anyway, recording what they chat about. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of, there's, there's no major effort that goes into us. It's hard for us to find the time to do it, but in terms of effort and planning around it, well, not no, that's a lot. It. I mean, 
I've, I've done nearly 11 hours of work today and everything. It's been a long day, but sitting here and just having a chat, it's fun. Yeah. It's nice. This is actually relaxing. It's not, there's no difficulty to this. We're not re-recording and re-recording and worrying about different, you know, copy and spacing and font and, and mistakes and what content. I mean, we talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about content-wise, but even we did a lot more of that during lockdown when we were, you know, we were putting more effort into the shows rather than recently when we are just like, should we just talk about the film? Yeah, let's talk about the new TV series. That'd be fine. Um, well, as I said that the, the weekend, people, oh, yeah, no, it's really nice, the, the podcast. When is the next one? And I'm like, I don't, I can't believe that people listen to this. I really can't. <laughs> no, apparently, apparently people still do. And the, yeah. the, the best way to get a higher listener numbers is to do less, apparently, because when we put out two really close together, less people listen to them. But when we leave people well, wanting, that, they go back. It depends on the definition of really close together. If, if you know, if you can slot them between the two, it's probably uh, why. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right. Anyway, on that note, because um, this is this has been a chunky start. We're an yeah, hour in already. We, yeah, by SPG. <laughs> We're going to have a little break now. When we come back, and we will we'll talk all about the Rings of Power. The hour grows late, and bland of grey plastic comes seeking my counsel. You are sure of this, Blandalf? Yes, the event is fully painted. It was in the event pack, under my nose the whole time. Yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, Blandalf. The commission painter, we must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours. Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint. And here we are at the Council of Elrond. And we're going to be talking about the Rings of Power. And I suppose we ought to apologise in advance. It has the potential to become a, a long, rambly chatter. I mean, it is a general chatter. We've decided that this isn't a review as such of the Rings of Power. Um, we both feel that to have a full kind of make our minds up fully about it, we'll, we both want to watch the whole series and digest it and kind of view it as a as a season one. Um, before we make any final um, decisions about what we what we really love or if there's anything we didn't like. But we can still have a chat now about what we think is good and, um, and, and anything we, we're concerned about or love or and just, just generally chat about it, really, because we haven't discussed it at all, have we? Not even messages. No, um, not really, been, no. I, in fact, I haven't discussed it with anyone, really, apart from I went to a family party on... Um, on the weekend and there were a couple of people there that do do like it and we had a very brief discussion about it before we were interrupted by kids but um i'm, I'm watching it at home on my own emma doesn't watch it she wouldn't get it anyway um jacob does like lord of the rings but he's been a couple of years since he's watched it and i don't really fancy explaining to him right now what everything's supposed to be because we don't really know yet for some of it um I'd almost rather he re-watched Lord of the Rings before we went on to this to give him a bit of a sort of strange context but um but anyway so yeah it's just gonna be a bit of a general chatter about it and I think once the series is over we will come back and we will do a another main topic on it and we'll have a real bit more of a deeper delve into it and maybe we'll even get some other people on to do it um invite a couple of people on anyway so Dan what's your experience with it been so far I think the first thing to really say about it is it's so bloody pretty. 
Mm, mm, definitely. Very, very pretty. Uh, I've never been more glad of getting a new telly a couple of months ago, I can say that much. Um, <laughs> it looks spectacular. I think that more than anything else, it's the, there's a certain grandeur for the way they've shot it, the, the CGI, everything. It's, it's probably in some ways a bit closer to high fantasy than the Jackson movies are. It's got that like shiny gloss to it. I mean, there's other bits of it that feel very lived in. The Southland sections, for instance, where yep. you know, um, but there's certainly there is more of a, a a gloss to it. Is that just the locations? Do you think? Potentially, you, I think um, certainly the Elven stuff does. Because we, we're looking at Southlands, were all obviously a bit more gritty, um, but then you're looking at um, um, Elf shot. Like Linden. And so, yeah, you're like looking at Linden. You're looking at. Um, Even compared to. Looking at Numenor. Rivendell. They're still. I mean, Numenor, they've nailed that. Yeah, but you. Yeah, exactly. But we're, all the places we're looking at there, I suppose. Um, and I not to disagree with you, but I just think they naturally would be shinier. Because Rivendell is more of a. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's, a lot of it's the more of a, it's more, it's decline, more of a country it? retreat, isn't it, rather than Linden sort of thing. And then you've got yeah. and uh, Numenor was obviously we the closest we got to Numenor is going to be Minas Tirith, and then Osgiliath. Yeah, yeah. Both of them are in you know Osgiliath has declined, Minas Tirith is in yeah. decline, whereas Numenor at this stage we've seen so far is at its peak. at its peak. Um, and then you see the same with the dwarves as well. So you you see. You see the peak there as well, rather than the the, the, the desolate, abandoned um, kingdom of the dwarves that we see in Lord of the Rings. So I, I, I don't disagree with you, but I wonder if that's just by by the nature of where they sit in the timeline, and then they were naturally going to to look like that. Um, yeah, perhaps. I, I think some of it's also to do with um, the, the costume design. Uh-huh. There's a real there's a lot more flourish, I think, to the costume design in the rings in Rings of Power. Um, it definitely seemed, particularly with um, Jackson series, a lot of the arms and armor had a a more distinct grounding in historical yep. arms and armor. Whereas there's a little bit more. I'd agree with the fantastic about yeah the certainly with the dwarves. Yeah, I I I think see with the elves as well, even the. Um, the, the wood elves, so to speak, the kind of carved-in look on the leather looks fantasy, fantasy-esque rather than maybe more yeah, Tolkien. It's more, it's, sort of, um, it's more, it's more, yeah, it's more in-your-face kind of design, though, isn't it? And um, that's... And then the, the swords and stuff, um, the Numenorean swords there, they've almost got almost so... It almost seems, feels like a Greco-Roman kind of uh-huh. flourish, the way they're decorated and inlaid bits of wood and stuff. And yep. Obviously, um, in the most recent episode, when you've got Galadriel um, wandering up into the uh, the upper areas of the tower where the uh, the, the now deposed king of uh, Numenor is is bedridden, and what is quite clearly um, Narsil yes. up against the wall, but it's got the it's got a weird. I was discussing this with Damien actually um, last week because we naturally trying not to share spoilers so we both spotted it so a little private chat and um it's obviously a lot of the design cues from narsil from the movies yes but the other design cues from uh the gondolin weapons obviously um particularly the scabbard on orchrist with the inlaid wood sections 
So it's almost like a mix between the two. Yeah. Which I really, really liked. Yeah, I suppose, I mean, it all it all makes sense. Um, I mean, just because of the passage of time and the way those societies have progressed or degressed, regressed. Yeah. Um, I think it's that was the first time with Narsil where they've really taken a design cue from the Jackson movies. Yeah. Narsil really looks like Narsil. I wonder whether they've they've gone and got permission there as well, deliberately as well. I'm not, I'm not challenging them. Have you got permission? It was more, I wonder if they've actually, cause they, they did have some help, didn't they? They, they you know, it's, you, you get different stories about how much help was given and how much at different times, but they, we know that there was some correspondence. We know that Weta were involved anyway, especially with the earlier filming in New Zealand. So we know that there is some tie over there. Um, and we know that the conceptual design um, some of the people, including very famous artists, um, are the similar as well. So I wonder if that was completely deliberate and ticked off. I say, yeah, you can do that. That would be a really nice nod. You're going to make everyone point at the screen. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's in a slightly different um, studio's version of it because it's just one of those cool things and it's Lord of the Rings fans to Lord of the Rings fans kind of thing, or whether it was just one of those, well, let's make it as much as close as we can um, without getting sued. Um, but don't don't ask permission. I'd love to know whether they actually kind of, that was discussed. Yes, we've, we've checked. We're allowed to make it look mostly like it, and we're going to do it because it's going to make, it's almost like an Easter egg, isn't it? Um, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll find out. I've been watching. I've, I've stayed clear of most reviews. Um, I've not watched deliberately. any deliberately. Yeah. Um, I've not read articles. I remember after the first, the, the next morning after the first episode, uh, first two episodes, I remember there was like a headline and it was a Daily Mail one um, that says what you need to know. Well, some people might read it, I suppose. Um, but it says an awful lot about it. And the first paragraph was just purely around, you know, this is a massive waste of money. And it's the most expensive thing ever. And it's quite clearly the person who wrote it had been given an instruction to go and write me X amount of 100 words on why this is so expensive and it's ridiculous rather than reviewing it critically. And I read the first paragraph and you could tell that the whole review was was that, that the, the idea of that. The, the object of that article was to talk about how much it costs not to critically review it. And, and that reminds me why I uh, ignore those things. I have watched recently um, the first couple of kind of videos and things on it outside of just watching it because um, I feel like I've watched enough now that it won't kind of sway my view and I'll just watch some nerdless stuff because it's fairly down the middle um, yeah most um, of it is just kind sword of have done some stuff as well no, I haven't checked those but yeah I just watch some nerdless stuff because I know it's I know it's not some angry YouTuber that's that's just trying to earn money through clicks because they hate stuff um or don't hate stuff and they're trying to be angry. I don't want to watch any of those videos. I just I won't even click on them if it's kind of like 10 reasons why blah, blah, blah is bad because of blah, blah, blah. They're just very yeah, normal I'm, I'm videos. Yeah, I'm not revenue. Exactly. There's, I can think of a certain uh, Warhammer-based one that's uh, propped up in the last few years. That's, uh, yeah, it doesn't like encourage that. good discourse. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Um, right, so, um, but yeah, so I watched some nerdless stuff 
just when I was working and it's more just a kind of listening to some of that. They, they were gen, people that genuinely know what they're talking about as well. They actually get people on there that, or at least the researchers that have put the, the, the um, video together know a bit about, know probably more about Silmarillion law and stuff that, that, than I do. So I, I'm not there thinking this is just a dumbed down video and they're making some interesting points and observations and asking questions um and they did one video out of the 10 they've done also which was on reviews and they just read out a few you know, spent like 10 minutes talking about different reviews and different reception and it was a kind of almost a discussion about how how different places have received it and that was the only time i've kind of kind of come across reviews so to speak just been ignoring them and so yeah i don't feel my uh, my enjoyment on it has been clouded by any um and i don't want it to be um because i know that there's always well it's a sad agenda these days isn't it to try and make things bomb by giving them bad reviews to start with and just what a, what a state of the world we're in with that kind of stuff but anyway tangent um what about the characters and things of you uh who your favorite so far yeah, actually, um, obviously the dwarves are always going to score high. I love Disa. I think she's brilliant. Yeah, I'm a fan. Um, I'm always in two minds on Galadriel, if I'm honest. Okay. Uh, Morphic Clark is smashing the acting. Yeah. I find sometimes, particularly in, I think it was the the third episode, I found her petulant somewhat annoying, but I think you basically are supposed to. Yes. Um, so I think her performance... Has probably been the most varied of them all, okay. which is really, really good because she's showing more of a gamut of emotions and stuff that I think some of the others have been permitted to as part of their roles, which is fine. Again, um, yeah, I say obviously uh, Durin is fantastic. He's brilliant. Yeah, the dwar- the dwarves in general have been, I think, the real winners of this so far. Um. I don't know. They're, they're all good. There's not been a, a single one I've truly disliked. Actually, um, a horse's face. The kid who finds the sword hilt. He actually annoys the living daylights out of me. But um, <laughs> is it? What is it? The character or the actor or? Oh, not the actor. I imagine he's doing a fine Theo, job isn't it? Theo, Theo. that's yeah. the one. Yeah, he's just an, an irritant. But not I think sure. I, just I'm not sure the teenager. name. Not sure the name works for me too well. But um, I, I get why yeah. they do that just to help kind of, you know, new audiences and things. Make some names yeah. a little bit more recognisable. But yeah, the, the name just jars slightly when it's said. It doesn't seem very Middle-earth. Maybe, maybe it does maybe have connection. Maybe it's short for something. Yeah, it, it probably does have a connection I'm un, unaware of, but that, that can't help my natural reaction well, to it. Um, yeah, sure. yeah, it could well be. I just yeah, my natural reaction to it is the is is our world, Theo, and it just doesn't. It feel it draws no. me out a little bit. Um, no, no decent son of Rohan. I love that stupid haircut though. <laughs> um, but no, his character annoys me. But I think it's just because he's a teenager, and teenagers in general can be. Yeah, the way they're written in stories, in order to be that sort of almost semi-comedic foil. Yes, um, because yeah. they're so petulant, it just it, it falls flat on me. I've never understood it. I've never found it funny. Um, yeah, he's he's a bit of an irritant, but um, in general, I think the whole thing's been wonderfully cast. Uh, Elendil's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have quite as much of a man crush on him as as Damien does. <laughs> um, I, I, if I was him, I'd be probably a little bit worried at this point. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think it might be the new. Uh, yeah, Tauriel, to be honest, I'm not sure. 
Strange. They came down to it. He probably have to extend his basement. <laughs> but all, all very well done. I've been, I've been really impressed with the casting in general, and it's quite nice that there's not really any massive names in it. Other than, I mean, Lenny Henry, but <laughs> I don't know. Sure, he counts as a massive name. I think in the UK we know who he is, but yeah, I'm, not, well, I'm not sure globally he would he would count as a as a massive name. This. People are missing out. This is their in, this is their introduction to Lenny. <laughs> A massive back catalogue of um, adverts for um, budget hotel chains that they can enjoy. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Now, uh, I, I suppose. So, my my first impressions, I suppose, if we go back to that, would have been, um, yeah, visually visually stunning. I thought it I thought it started very well. I liked what they did at the beginning which drew you in the same way as they did with the films. And it's got to be deliberate, isn't it? The, the, the Galadriel with the, the, the opening narrative and a little bit of history um, and the, the flashbacks and those kind of things. It was very fellowship-esque. And, I, you know, I think that played to fans of the films, which you, you, you could be accused, you know, they could be accused of, oh, well, you, you know, that's not fresh. That's, that's just copying the bits that people liked. But I'm glad they did that because it made them feel you know some of the things where i associate with the the films that i love um i really enjoyed the harfoots at the beginning so you see that those the, the two hunters as they're called the guys with the weird sort of antlers on their backs um, oh yes and then yes when it cuts to the harfoots and they suddenly they're uncovering themselves and they're sort of springing out and it reminded me of the first scenes and the fellowship of the shire which is some of my favorite scenes in film ever and that kind of, it almost felt like that same scene. So the camera's moving around and you're seeing different parts of their life, different different half-foots and their different wagons or whatever it was. And then I can't even remember the music at the time, but it just reminded me of that kind of concerning Hobbit stage of of the Fellowship. And it felt like that, that was their version of it um, to introduce them. And, and that was perfect. Um, and, I do, and I do like them. Um, I think they give a nice... Um, a nice sort of balance to it, and uh, and it, it gives it a Middle Earth feel, even though they're not recognisable to us it's as because as as hobbits the same way. Um, I actually missed them in episode four, which was a good a good sign. I don't think they were in episode four. If they were, they were a lot less. No, they're not anyway. at all. Um, I've watched them. I've watched them all a couple of times now in different orders as well at times. So it's kind of I forget which is and which thing. So I enjoyed those. Um, Really enjoyed um, Gil Gallad. I think he feels like a, a Peter Jackson elf. Um, some of that might be the length of the hair, but he just the way yes. he, the way he acts, um, and he's got a certain grace to him that seemed to match the acting style of those films. I actually watched an interview with him today. I'm not familiar with him beforehand, and the way he talked about it. Um, was clearly very passionate about it and very quite a smart bloke actually very switched on um, and so yeah re- really enjoyed him I, I actually I, I don't have any concerns at all with Galadriel I think she's fantastic and I'm glad she's the linchpin character of the series and I think that's really important um, I think she cast very well and I think yeah the, Morphic Clark's very just good brilliant yeah and I think the age um, just showing her as younger regardless of where she should be at that stage of her life we can talk about come back and talk about timelines a bit in a moment but she's um i thought she was great and i and i like that the way the sort of that she kind of runs is the main vein down the story runs through the heart of it 
Um, I really like um, Elrond, and you've seen him sort of. Um, if again, he feels like a younger version of the Elrond we see in in the films. Yeah, um, he's got to explore could, his family a little more when he talk about his brother and his father. Exactly, I like it. I do really like. I I don't like Celebrimbor. Um, I also am slightly. He seems almost sinister, and he's not supposed to be. I I, I feel and I I don't know the actor that well, but I've seen him in lots of British drama. I'm sure you, you know, people in Britain will have recognised him. So Charles Edwards, the actor, isn't. And I think he's playing. He just feels like he's playing a a, a an aristocratic human and i hope that yeah. changes i just doesn't feel like he's acting an elf um, no, but and if he didn't have pointy somewhat... ears i wouldn't wouldn't realize if that makes sense whereas yeah. whereas um gil gallard so benjamin walker playing gil gallard and um a lot of the elves even even like finrod he was only at the beginning wasn't he and almost the the the, the memories he was even though he, he kind of threw me a little bit with his short hair um and we'll talk, we'll talk about that again in a little bit and he he still seemed elven in the way they did in the jackson films and the way they do in the books like almost graceful and um and almost haughty i think they should be um and you the the other elves that were on as part of um gladriel's kind of secret troop um that went off um to the havens they they seem most of them seem quite graceful as well there was a young guy wasn't it? it thunder or something like that he was the one that kind of argued with her most he felt like an elf but um yeah calibrimbor at the moment just doesn't feel like an elf he just just feels like as i said i'm a middle-aged aristocrat and i'm not quite sure that i think the elves are more than that I think that's a. Yeah, I, I think that's agree. a 1960s interpretation of Tolkien elves as being aristocrats. I don't think they've got good. I hope that changes, but at the moment, it's not spoiling it for me. But I just, I just, he doesn't feel like what I think he should do. Um, I wasn't sure about Arondir in the first half of episode one, and now I love him. Now I think he's brilliant. I love the yeah. way that character's developed. I wasn't just wasn't sure, um, and um, and. I, it doesn't spoil it for me. I do wish the elves had long hair. I'm not going to lie. Um, but again, that's just something to get used to, I think. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, as I said, I think it's something to, to get used to. It's not spoiling it for me. Um, and I don't mind. I, I I think I'd probably rather see more long hair on them. Um, I think it helps for me with the, the believing in the characters a little bit. There are a couple that I didn't really again just struggled with them as elves so maybe the sylvan ones more so you've got the guys that um oh we we can't we can't do spoilers haven't we if we got careful what we say but there's the elves that were um with arondir um in episode three um that yes. might not be with him anymore um so revion and let me skip to a page actually medor is um sort of other those elves do what are their what are their roles the kind of watchers aren't they they over yeah. the southlands so those those elves as well at times they just occasionally this something I've noticed and it's because it's a TV series not the film there's the odd character the odd moment that reminds me that it's a series not an extended super long film and my brain switches from watching epic Lord of the Rings to am I watching The Witcher or something does that make sense yeah I get that it's hard it's, to explain it's just so what I mean. It's just this odd character, and I think 
little things like that and makes you feel like Witcher or Game of Thrones-esque. So good, really high quality TV, but they don't, for me, it just sort of takes me out a little bit and I don't know what it is. But it's the odd character, just the odd line of the way they act. I just think, oh, it doesn't feel like an elf and I don't know, again, it might be the, might be the hair. But, but overall most of it i've really really enjoyed and like you said i love durin i love the dwarves they've nailed that um i quite like it's growing on me the 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 whole storyline in the in the south as well that makes sense i quite like halbrand i mean as i saw i saw a brilliant meme the other day and it's the um oh what's his name i'm gonna completely go blank now because you can't even help me uh American actor loves loves to have younger girlfriends. What's his name? Uh, oh, um, you're about Leo. Yeah, yeah. So that meme when he's pointing, you know. The, oh, the, Sauron, Sauron, Sauron. Yeah, thing. exactly. Really, so it, the, the different, yeah. all the different characters, all the different um, the theories, pointing at different people. He's Sauron. No, he's Sauron. Um, yeah, and I like that. Um, I like that we're guessing with that a little bit. I don't think we've met him yet. I don't. Think once upon a time in Hollywood. That's from that. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. It's him, isn't it? Him on the screen. But um. I, I got, I get that as well. I quite like that 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 um, that we've been drawn to believe that. that that's deliberate the, uh, storytelling, isn't it? There, that's making us think about. Yeah, they're trying to sort of um, foreshadowing, aren't they? They're trying yeah. to do that, or at least trick you into it. I, I more readily ascribe to the might be King of the Dead. Yeah, but he could be. He could, yeah, absolutely. Timeline-wise, it would. If we well, big round black rock, well, the timeline's a bit stuffed anyway. But the time, well, the timeline's yeah. completely stuffed, isn't it? And I don't mind. I just not a problem for me because I think you've got to find a way of telling a story. But yeah, the timeline the timeline doesn't work because you can't have um, no, they, Galadriel they uh, doing what she is at the same time that. Elendil and um, Isildur are doing what they're doing. We're talking hundreds and hundreds of years. I know they live a long time, more than normal humans, but they're like a like six, seven, yeah. eight hundred, even a thousand years apart, aren't they? Those parts of the timeline, so it yeah. just doesn't it, it doesn't fit. So I'm assuming what they're doing is just dispensing with that timeline and compressing that period in order to tell a story. And I guess what they're essentially making is a prequel to the films rather than. As you know, a story within if that makes sense. That might be their aim yeah. to make something but that people can fair, see but... as a bit of a prequel to. The... We don't. I mean, there's five seasons, isn't there? And we don't know how they're going to end. They've said that they've fully planned it. They know what the final scene's going to be, and it would be amazing if the final scene was kind of leading. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing if they had somehow got the allowed to do um, um, the, the the first scene for Lord of the Rings almost overlap. I don't think that can be done. I think the the, the license doesn't work that way, does it? Um, so who knows? But um, I'm liking where it's going, and uh, most of the characters I really like, and I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to Friday and I'm watching the next episode and, and going back. I think I liked every single one the second time I've watched it more as well. I'd found new bits yes, or found the pacing a little bit better or. Um, so I've, I've not got any complaints. I've got, you know, questions like um, a lot of people have about what the plans are, really. Um, that's because we, when you watch Lord of the Rings, you know what you're, you know what you're looking out for because you know the story. We we don't know this story. We just know the, the world and we know the loose themes within it. But we also know how what a difficult job they've got of making a story when they haven't really got the rights to any story. They've only got the rights to the potential non-story in between. 
and how far they can go with certain things I, I i don't know it's quite it's quite difficult for them so it'll be very very interesting to see how it goes and i hope that um that it's given the time to grow and hopefully become popular and we don't end up with a reduced budget or a massively reduced budget in later times because it's you know because it's been slammed because so i don't see any reason from what i've seen so far to um overly criticize it i think it's good yeah i mean i haven't got any problems with it i mean I, there's an awful lot of the stuff that people are funny about at the moment that i'm really not um i mean the the, the hair thing doesn't that's a minor me. thing for me it was a kind of a, i wouldn't put it down in a review if i was writing a review about it, it wouldn't bother me um, oh yeah, but if I, I if, actually... if I had, could have wave a magic wand and say, would you prefer all the, most of the elves to have longer hair? Then I'd probably say yes, just because that kind of fits in with my um, the kind of mental image of them. That's that's the only reason. Um, I mean, I think I've seen some of the odd discussion people saying that that that's, there's a, there's a lot of writing, talking writing that. I've, in fact, I read this on a Talking Society Facebook page, and it was a normal, balanced piece. It wasn't a a wow, wow, wow piece that, that just said there's a lot of evidence that Tolkien consistently described them as having long hair and why they had long hair. But so there's a there's a there's a law based reason around that as well as just the aesthetic. Um, but again, as I said, I'm not losing any sleep over it. But um, yeah, doesn't doesn't bother me. I'm more concerned, I suppose. If I have any concerns, it's just the odd the odd character that's not quite right. Like I said, like Colourbrim Boys just doesn't feel like an elf to me. Just just slightly strange. And I don't know if I don't know if that's because like you said, like there's something sinister. Maybe that's deliberate. Maybe he's acting something we don't know. But for me it's throwing me off him being an elf. It doesn't feel like an elven character at the moment. Whereas the other elves do, especially um Gilgallad and uh, and Galadriel. Because part of why I think he's a bit sinister is because I really love the friendship between Durin and Elrond. And you know that Celebron Bill's going to get funny about the Mithril and cause there to be a rift between those two. You yes. know he's going to ruin it. So you think, what an arse. Yeah, yeah. So you're automatically against him. And yeah, well, so like you say, they're probably building certain... towards that, aren't they? They're trying to build him as, uh, as the... The, the single-minded, selfish person who wants to do, you know, he's got his goals, hasn't he? He knows what he wants to build. Yeah, um, Keller Brimbors struck me as more altruistic, um, looking to achieve something for Elvendom and for the, the greater world, in, at least in the books. I mean, yeah, fair enough, self-interested, etc. But I don't know, I'm not getting quite so much of that in the series, but to be fair, his screen time's been minimal. Yeah, he's, so exactly, like, exactly. It just it it felt like um, the a, a, a well respected, known kind of actor, almost classical style actor, probably, who's maybe I, I could be way off here, which doesn't isn't a fan of this kind of thing normally, but goes and does a really professional acting job, but misses the misses the cue for me i'm hope that i'm wrong i hope what it is is like we've discussed is that there is something coming um and this part of that this you know this slightly sinister thing is foreshadowing for later kind of development in the story and this is all deliberate and it all kind of pays off if that makes sense um but yeah he just doesn't feel like an elf it just doesn't feel like he's a bad actor it just doesn't come across as an elf to me but um if we missed anything have we missed anything? we haven't discussed anywhere? the stranger have we no, no. Um, 
again so i mean who do you think it is do you think it is an a, a early version he's too early for it to be gandalf isn't it really because gandalf um, doesn't he, turn up to the third age but he yeah, wasn't he around third age but he um, was around in the second age under a different name wasn't he um, yeah, so potentially. So he could I, be I, that around. I mean, they can't use the name Gandalf anyway. I don't think they're allowed to. Um, so, but the um, could be one of the blue wizards. It begins with A. I'm oh, sure he was around. Um, again, this is this not great with the with with second age stuff. But I think there was an earlier version of him around, um, and it could be that. I mean, it would be immensely cool if he is. I actually want it to be that, but. Um, um, and it makes it it's lovely that kind of idea of forging that early kind of um, relationship with hobbits. Um, so that would be cool. Um, whether he is or not, I don't know. I don't think it's it's Sauron under one of his many guises. I tricking yeah, people. I completely agree. I don't think so at all. And if it is, I don't know if I'd like that because that no. kind of that would almost say, well, you're you're almost drawing deliberately drawing people into things like a Gandalf, but then tricking them and Sauron actually knew about hobbits and stuff where well, that doesn't work does it the, the whole point of Sauron in yeah. the third age is because he would was unaware of the little people he didn't you know he kind of overlooked them whereas if he'd spent time with them as halffoots he wouldn't have done that so I hope that that's not the case I trust that it's not because looking at the four episodes so far there seems to be enough kind of knowledge in there and understanding that they wouldn't make that kind of error i don't think so yeah i'm, I'm hoping it's uh I'm, it also I'm doesn't it's, tie up with it's a Maya. what little we do know of sounds time between the fall of morgoth and his own rise it doesn't really no but he's, he didn't he's he supposedly take on many guises tricking people and things and living you know under different but, different so you could there's so many of those that are unwritten about that they can kind of do what they want with that but it is yeah. it is going around the houses a little bit it it just doesn't seem in tune with his overall character because there's so little to be gained from doing it whereas everything else he was doing was always to an end goal i can't see what is maybe that's the but he made people trust them didn't they? that's hence the uh the, the tricking the the elves and the things so you know that's why he's, i suppose if it was going to be a character we've already met it's all. It's more likely going to be Halbrand, isn't it? For that sense, because he's because he's kind of in that, um, in a position yeah. to forge alliances. I don't. Again, I don't think he is. I think. I think it'd be disappointing if he was as well. I hope. I, I really, really hope we don't see that. Would be very Azar, as it will be uh, until, if anything, the last couple of scenes of this series, or or even not this series. Well, apparently there was talk, wasn't there, that he doesn't appear at all in this series, which I think is... He doesn't, I don't think he really needs to. I'd like to know, but... No, well, he did for a flash, didn't he? Because they showed his silhouette, didn't they? But, yeah, um, but that was a that was, um, that was was a flashback, yeah. wasn't it? Yes. Uh, and it was of... cool that he looked, again, we talk about Narsil, but then that was very much a, a PJ-esque yes. silhouette as well. So that was, I, when I saw that, I thought, oh, hang on, that seems a bit... <laughs> <laughs> I don't get me I wrong. Like I, I like the, um, I like him looking like that, but again, I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected expected that. Yeah, the sort of staff was cool as well. The fact it's kind of like a wizard staff slash. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, it does though. And if we think about if we we draw it back to what this podcast is about, I suppose is that little images like that show you that we can go. You know, if you want to play second age game with with your existing models, you you can 
doesn't take much of a conversion there, does it? Um, no, exactly. But anyway, back to the film stuff. Um, yeah, so the stranger. Yeah, I hope it's. Um, I hope it is kind of a, kind of an early earlier version of Gandalf, even if they kind of only hint at it enough that you know that's probably what it is, but can't actually say, and that it's a different character because it's a different version of him. He's not been reborn into to to the Gandalf version yet, but there's enough of a connection there and similarities. A bit like when he's reborn as Gandalf the White, he's slightly different, even though it's still him. But he's not been gone for as long as he. If you if he's around at this period and then disappears off for a thousand years, um, you could see why there'd be a different, you know, a difference. So, um, what else? Um, I think, well, I don't want to go over, you know, overly uh, labour. The score yeah, was good. Mostly amazing. There's the odd little part that kind of thing. Oh, not really like that little bit, but yeah, most of it's absolutely fantastic. Um, um, and what else? What else? Um, yeah, I've just um, I've been overly pretty happy with all the characters. There's um, quite an interesting point someone I've seen made online about um, the intro with the the rings of sand, the reacting to. Uh, there's a comment what the actual effects called, but basically it's uh, reactions to vibrations from sound form okay. those patterns. And I quite like the idea that, because um, someone said, oh, you know, it might be a sort of play on the fact that um, the world was sung into being during the first age. Oh, that's really good. So I, I think that's quite cool. And the fact that, um, obviously, Morgoth and the force of evil cannot create, only pervert. So the whole snake in the garden, the whole converting things to black and, and turning things. I thought that was a really cool, really interesting. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. I didn't. I remember there's a little bit of discussion around the the, the teaser trailers with the how they made the the ring with that, but I haven't really taken much note. I, I've watched the opening kind of thing. Yeah, um, they called a Cladney Cladney plate or something. You do it. Okay. Um, yeah, sound vibration patterns made from music. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I, I won't. I'll be honest with you. I, I like the opening music, um, but I, I also watch those opening kind of credits and i don't i don't think they match up with the rest of it if that makes sense it feels very much like you you get those impressive openings don't you whether you're watching um game of thrones um black sails they've all got these kind of like rt you know catchy tune you get used to after watching god knows how many episodes and you've got those kind of visual opening credits that are usually kind of swirling this or, or emerging images and things it doesn't feel like it's sort of any different to um, any of those, if I'm honest with you, I don't think it's bad. I just it doesn't stand out as something uh, unusual. I'd almost wish they didn't have it, and that it kind of cut into um, opening scene or something a bit like the the films did. But I have to remind myself it's a TV series. Um, yeah, and it's you know you 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 need those things. There must be there's, there's a blueprint there. Bob's up. I wonder why. I wonder if they could have challenged that blueprint blueprint a little bit more because. Yeah, it does feel like any other the big kind of um, box set style uh, TV shows that are out there. They have those very similar style of things, and it doesn't feel like it's groundbreaking. Not that it needs to be. Such as I say, you can skip the intro, can't you? Which I imagine a lot of people do. Um, I think you know. I don't want to go around in circles here. But I think I think that we haven't talked about every character. We've got obviously the 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 elf that's um, the father of the 
of the Orcs. Yes. Um, he's an interesting character. He's another potential Sauron, I suppose. Again, uh, don't, don't yeah, think he is. Yeah, although apparently his character's completely created for the series, isn't it? So Exactly, exactly. So I don't think that that's... Um, Unless he's created in a sense that um, the, the the fake character of him was obviously Sauron yes. hides as people, so, and that's the only way they could get around that to keep that that story arc hidden. Hidden, I suppose, is to say, well, this actor's playing this character, um, but this character obviously that's a false identity. So unless the false identity was created, if that makes sense. Um, but again, that, he's he's interesting. Um, I quite like the idea of the search for the weapon. I love the orcs; I think they're great. Again, they feel they like make fellowship them scary, orcs. Yeah, they have. Which is they cool. Have. Yeah, they definitely have, and it's good. I want. I wanted that. I wanted it. But it's one thing. You know, we you know you love we, this. This is an age-old conversation around the Hobbit films, isn't it? It's one of the things I I felt was missing from the Hobbit films was that feel of the orcs being like that, especially the the main characters. Um, we've we're not going to get into the discussion about Azog and, and that lot, but this feels like. They're aware of how the community reacted to the difference between those two sets of films by Jackson. And they were like, well, well we can't do CG Orcs because we're going to get absolutely slaughtered if we do. And they've gone, gone and done a, a job on the Orcs and they could have fitted into any of the PJ films, to be honest with you. Yeah, because the guy um, who's behind the mask for um, sort of the main Orc that's been shown in this one, who's in charge of hunting down Theo... Yes, I swear it's the same actor who did Snagger. Um, I think it is, isn't it? I don't know if I've. Yeah, I swear it is. I've seen somewhere that it's the um, the same chap who. Um... There's definitely some crossover. Yeah, there's some real, real interesting uh, stuff going on in there, and obviously we didn't talk about uh, Farazon either. No, no, we haven't. God, there's just so many characters in there. So many. yeah, he's a really good bit of casting. I really enjoyed that. He's one of my favourite sort of bits of casting. He's not really done too much yet. No. But the way he looks and stuff is is really He's you know, um cool. I'm trying to think what he's been in the UK. Um loads of loads of stuff actually, isn't he? But um yeah, he, he fits in, he looks he does the job, so to speak. Um Yeah, I mean there's there's loads of characters from I mean half the blooming cast that were in Game of Thrones. Um the guy who plays Adar, um he played Benjamin Stark, didn't he, in um Game he of did, Thrones yep. and um the guy who plays Elrond played young, um, uh, what's he called, uh, Eddard Stark. That's right. Yep. So yeah, I've seen him. Own. I've seen him in a few other things actually. I can't remember the name. I saw him in a, a uh, like a UK drama. Um, a really good one. He was quite good in that as well. So he's quite a good up up and coming actor. Um, before this, so I, he was more familiar for me than than than, than some of the others. Um, but I guess I'd that's the guy's name. Part. Jed Brophy. He yes. was Snowgar. Yeah, as of well. course. So he, yeah, he's been in everything now. Yeah, oh yeah, he has. He's because he was in um, the Hobbit and stuff as well. Yep. yep. Uh, played Nori, obviously. Yep. Yeah, he's done a bit. He's a, he's got a very big connection with um with uh, all the Rings films and New Zealand films. Yeah. So yeah, all in all, really excited to watch each. It's um, I'm not same kind of excitement as I was with the films. There's something, there's an element removed there, but I think it's just because it, there's, there's no nostalgia element of stories I already know and looking forward to being told. So there, there is a difference to it, but it does mostly feel like Middle Earth. As I said, there's a few moments here or there that 
have taken me out of it. Some of it in the Southlands at, at times, but that's got a bit better. Um, a couple of the characters at times, like I say, there's a couple of those elves. Occasionally, it just briefly drew me out into not well, not bad TV, but it just made me realise it was TV and not watching a a film, and just made me think, yeah, this this scene, this isolated scene, or that bit of acting would fit all right into The Witcher or something or other as well. And I love The Witcher. <laughs> it's not like it's not a criticism, but there's something quite, um, I think, strongly recognisable about. Tolkien style um, fantasy and I think that Peter Jackson nailed that through those films and this has got it most of the time but occasionally the odd thing just makes me feel like I'm watching a fantasy and not necessarily um, Tolkien-esque fantasy but it's only the odd little bit and I'm looking forward and that's got less and less as it's, it's gone on as well so I'm yeah, looking forward to seeing yeah and as I, I want to make my I might change my mind on, on, on those things in the context of the whole season um, at the end of it. And that's why I don't want to kind of get drawn into that too much because the impact of those things might be so minimal. Um, it might be that there's more things like that. Um, and it's deliberate as well. It is supposed to be different. But, um, yeah, it's um, it's cool. Really, really enjoying it. And, um, yeah, looking forward to Friday. Anything more you wanted to talk about on it before we have no, conscious I that we'll uh, have to wait and see people might get a bit bored series. of us rambling? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, yeah. So, yeah, we touched on the timeline thing, didn't we? That it's just a bit kind of... They, it doesn't naturally fit, but I can I can just... I think you just got to accept that they, they probably deliberately fudge that. Otherwise, they'd have had to tell lots of different tales and you wouldn't get to certain characters till season five. And by that point, you might not, might not be enough to carry it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think... Um, and how would you fill the season? they made the sound choice you, for the show exactly and they've got so many bits they can't do as well so maybe you couldn't have a season where um galadriel was getting married and moving to Lorien <laughs> and having kids and stuff it's not going to work so the only way to do it is to take those different stories and can kind of condense it all and and just say well let's pretend there isn't a thousand year gap between some of this and like i said i feel i might be wrong but i feel like they're making a prequel to the films and they they're all going to take us up to that that point maybe um so we're obviously going to see Numenor fall, I imagine, and we're going to see the the surviving Numenorians, led by Elendil, travel to Middle Earth. I'm sure we're going to see that in one of the seasons and things like. And I guess that's going to kind of going to be the the the, the story arc of that side of it. But anyway, I said let's stop talking about it and carried on. Uh, right then, let's uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll close the show down. Right, here we are at the end of the show after lots of rambling today, but I've had a really, I've enjoyed chatting to you, Dan, anyway. Hopefully other people enjoyed listening to our rambling and and chatting. Um, So we're here to say thank you at the end and all the usual stuff. So Dan, I'll hand over to you first so you can uh, say any goodbyes and thank yous to people that you'd like to. Yeah, for sure. Um, So everyone who attended the Battle Streams of Middle-Earth meetup at the weekend, lovely to see you all. Thank you very much for attending. Thank you all for being so patient with us when we were organising bits and pieces. And uh, here's hoping to see you at something in the future. Also, thank you, uh, as as usual, to uh, those of the people who watch our videos that we've put up recently, liked all our social media stuff. Also, once again, thanks to Damien and to Tom for sending us an SPG mag each. And yeah, so uh, thanks very much for listening. 
really agree with all that there. Um, definitely thank you to Damon and Tom for sending us both a copy of the magazine. I was very excited when that landed on my, my doorstep. Um, and thank you for everyone else for um, bearing with us while we uh, were still a little bit erratic with our show releases and things. Um, but thanks very much for listening as usual. If you do want to engage with the podcast, you can uh, catch us with our Facebook page. Give us a like there. Um, you can find our Facebook group. If you find the page, there's a little link in that to take you to the group as well. You can follow us on Instagram at OODFP Podcast and on Twitter at OODFP. And then if you fancy doing the more old boring style of communication, you can email us at OODFP Podcast at gmail.com. And then do check out the YouTube channel as well. Not that as much goes up in it anymore, but it's there as a bit of a, a side hustle. Um, and Dan's review of SPG Magazine can be found on there. And if you want to check out my miniature realms channel there's links in the show notes for that as well take care and we'll catch you soon